الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما خلقت الجن والانس الا ليعبدون ما اريد منهم من رزق وما اريد ان يطعمون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اذا سرتك حسنتك وساءتك سيئتك فانت مؤمن او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected ulama ikram brothers and elders Allah Ta'ala has created us and placed us in this dunya not in vain, not without a purpose. There is a very great objective that Allah Ta'ala has given this insan. And this objective Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran Sharif, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ That we have not created insan human beings and jinn except ya'budun so that they may worship me this word ya'budun ibadat another word that is from the same root abd ibadat refers to that kind of submission to Allah Ta'ala which is the submission of a slave to his master In one period of time, slavery was in vogue, people used to be owned and there wasn't any greater type of slavery than that in dunya at that time where a person was completely owned by somebody, he had no choice of of his own, no rights of his, whatever the master says to him, that's what he does, what the master feeds him, that's what he eats. What instruction the master gives him, that is what he fulfills. But whereas that master, the very very limited ownership he had, and neither did he create the slave of his. He didn't bring him into existence. He didn't create him, give him all his limbs and organs. But yet, there was that kind of slavery where the slave was completely subservient and submissive to that master would do whatever the master's instruction is because he was owned by him so Allah Ta'ala is saying to us that you have been created for the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala to be a true abd after all Allah Ta'ala created us our eyes who gave us Allah Ta'ala blessed us with the eyes our ears where did we get the ears from only Allah Ta'ala's gift and ni'mat and bounty. Where did the person bring his tongue from? Speaks the whole day, morning till evening. Non-stop he's using this tongue. But where did this tongue come from? Allah Ta'ala blessed that tongue. And that tongue again, that one is the physical tongue. The ability in that tongue to speak. Sometimes somebody has that physical tongue. But he's mute. He can't speak. So who made that tongue speak? Allah Ta'ala made it speak. In every limb and organ Allah Ta'ala blessed us with. Our mind functions such a strange and very very amazing way. How does mind analyze so many things so quickly and can think of so many very major things. And it is after all this mind of insan, which insan becomes very proud of because he used this mind to now start advancing in technology and he went to the moon and all the various other things that insan sees as his advancement which he applied his mind that's the statement that is commonly used applied the mind he says he applied his mind and applied his mind and then worked around the problem and found a solution and then planned and what not happened and then this advancement took place but that's where science stops. Insan used his mind and then that mind brought about this idea 
and then he worked on the idea and then applied his mind further and all that same but who blessed that mind open that mind and look inside it what is there what's making this mind think what has given this mind the ability to analyze Allah forbid sometimes person suffers a stroke sometimes some other issue happens and a person becomes senile sometimes what happened to the mind the same physical mind is there but now that ability is gone person can't think sometimes sometimes he can't now some part of the mind got affected so he can't speak sometimes something else Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us and keep all with afiyat but this is the thing to ponder over and to then recognize the giver that all this is purely the gift of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with all these faculties and having blessed us with all these faculties Allah Ta'ala has now commanded us to submit totally to Him to submit these faculties to Him to submit the eye to Him Allah Ta'ala says say to the believing men they must submit their gaze to me now they must lower their gaze not look at haram and protect their chastity Allah Ta'ala has demanded and commanded us that now that gaze that Allah Ta'ala bless His gift nobody is doing nobody has any ability over it so now to submit that gaze to Allah Ta'ala the person the tongue Allah Ta'ala bless him with now to submit that tongue to Allah Ta'ala alone وَقُلْ لِعِبَادِي يَقُولُ الَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنْ Say to my servants, they must speak only that which is best. They mustn't talk any vulgarity, they mustn't talk obscenity, they mustn't lie, they mustn't backbite, they mustn't use this tongue in any other haram. So now the submission of the tongue, submission of the eye, submission of the ear, submission of the hand, after all Allah is the giver. Allah alone created us and Allah alone is sustaining us. And Allah alone gives life, Allah alone gives death. Nobody has any ability to have any interference in this. Nobody else can ever come close to this. And Allah Ta'ala gives the incident of Ibrahim in the Quran Sharif and the debate that the tyrant king of the time, Namrud, had with Ibrahim and he thought he is the one that gives life and death he said no no I give life and death how did you give life and death so he called one fellow and he told him that okay I, this fellow was on death row he was going to be executed so now this fellow was already meant to so to say die so okay I pardoned you go so now in his stupidity he thought well I gave him life now and then somebody else who was innocent called him and executed him he said, I put him to death so I gave life and I gave death now this was his stupidity. Ibrahim responded to him that my Rabb brings the sun, rises it from the east, you bring it from the west. So now for Now this fellow became completely dumbfounded. Now he had no answer. So Allah is commanding us to totally submit to him alone in every aspect of life. And this is what this ibadat is all about. Now in this worship of Allah Ta'ala, our whole life has to be spent. So all these amal that insan does, whatever actions he does, this will be either falling into one of two categories. Now he, his objective is to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala and earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, the end result of that and the manifestation of the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala is Jannat eventually the person who has lived his life in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala and he earned the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala then the manifestation of the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala is finally Jannat so now how is he going to get to Jannat the starting point is obedience to the extent that he now gets into this ibadat, obedience his whole life and then the other side of it is, either his life, any action he does is going to fall in the category of hasana, obedience. 
and otherwise it's going to fall into the category of sayyia disobedience sin now he did something it can't be good and bad it can't be a good deed and a bad deed either going to be a hasana or it's going to be a sayyia an evil deed a wrong deed the evil deed will lead to the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala if that's how his life is going to carry on then the end result and the manifestation of the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala is azab in the qabr is then the torment on the day of qiyamah and then eventually jahannam our whole life the primary concern is how to gain that pleasure of Allah Ta'ala that takes us eventually to Jannat and how to save ourselves from the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala that which leads a person to Jahannam how is going to achieve this how is going to get that pleasure of Allah Ta'ala with Hasana with good deeds with righteousness and how is going to save himself from the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala by refraining himself from Sayyia from evil deeds from sin now what shaitan sometimes brings into the mind of a person look obviously this is where you need to get to eventually but this hasana you're going to do now this good deed you're going to do and then the rewards that have been promised the reward is promised now that's akhirat, jannat that's still a long way away now you're going to strive and you're going to put yourself through all this difficulty and you're going to wake up early in the morning for fajr and then you're going to leave all your job etc for Zohar and then you're going to leave your leisure and pleasure at the time of Asr and Maghrib and Isha and then it's December time and people are all going to be having a merry time and then you are going to be now putting pressure on your nafs to stay away from places of sin and vice where all kinds of haram is taking place and people are intermingling and all the nudity that is taking place on the beaches and we're not and the kind of environment that gets created in various malls and now you are going to restrain yourself you are going to keep yourself away from all these places because these places are not conducive for your iman but then what's going to be you are being promised now you're going to get this and that but all that is far away the jannat is far away so now you lost out here in dunya from all the leisure and pleasure of dunya and this is a far away thing whether it will come don't come through you're not even sure that's shaitan's waswasa what might happen down the road whether you finally get there or not so shaitan puts this waswasa and on the other side all the punishments that have been warned about don't commit this sin this is the punishment and guard your gaze otherwise this is the end result this is the sin of it and this is the harm of it but now you're going to guard your gaze so now you lost out on the pleasure of that moment and you are being promised of something far away you don't know what's the outcome so now if you indulge in this for now you got the pleasure of the moment and that punishment you are being warned about that's a far away thing you'll get to that when you get to that bridge you cross it then cross that bridge when you come to it enjoy yourself now so this is how shaitan now gets a person involved in all kinds of sins and vice keeps him back from righteousness now all this righteousness when you're going to carry on how you're going to carry on how long you're going to carry on now this is that deception in which shaitan puts a person and by means of this deception then he waylays a person instead of him moving on the path of jannah which is his destination he now starts detouring somewhere else and Allah forbid if he doesn't then make tawbah he doesn't come back and Allah Ta'ala's fuzzle doesn't come upon him he's headed towards Jahannam but now this is the very very big deception of shaitan that everything is credited far away it may come, don't know whether it will come that's all shaitan's waswasa to start off with Jannat is a certainty and Jahannam is a certainty Allah Ta'ala has declared it in the Quran Sharif فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَازِ the one who is saved from Jahannam and is entered into Jannah, this is the person who succeeded. He is successful. The rest, the person entered up in Jahannam, Allah forbid, he is in total destruction. 
So now this hasana and sayya, this is number one, the end result of this is not just credit. It comes with its, the benefits of that hasana come in dunya as well. And the end result and the harms of that sayya come in dunya as well. But it's not necessary it will come as we think it should come. Generally a person now, he does some good, and then the good of that, he is waiting for some end result immediately. What kind of end result? Generally only material end result. By and large that is it. That if I did some good, it must translate into some material benefit. Whereas, in the treasures of Allah Ta'ala, the unlimited treasures of Allah Ta'ala, there are things even greater than material benefits. Far greater. No comparison. A person, he strove in righteousness. He is doing his best in terms of his ibadah. He is not missing any salah. Making his salah with jama'ah. He is regular in the masjid. He is not shirking coming to the masjid. And he is punctual with his five times daily salah, not four times and three times. And then he is taking care to perform his salah properly. Not a haphazard, rushed salah. That kind of salah which sometimes is performed in such a way that in the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned that salah barely rises above the head of the person and then like a dirty rag is flung back at him. And then the salah curses him. May Allah destroy you just as you have destroyed me. So if somebody's salah curses him, then what chance is got? So now he's taking care to perform his five times salah and then on top of that he's making sure he's performing it very well. And then he's performing some additional salah also. Besides the farz, the wajib and sunnah, he doesn't miss out, but he's making some effort to perform some nawafil as well. Then he's taking care to now make sure his zakat is discharged properly. And then he's not stopping at the zakat, he's being charitable as well, helping others to the extent he can. Then the month of Ramadan has come, he's fasting, but apart from that also on occasion, he's trying whenever he can to keep some fast. So now sometimes it's a long hot day, sometimes it's a cold day. But once in a while he's keeping, or at least as much as he can, some nawafil. And various other righteous actions, then in his mu'amalat, in his dealings, he's dealing in a very, very clean way, above board. He's not cutting any corners. There's sometimes a quick buck to make, as they say. But that quick buck is not kosher, he's not up to date. There's some haram element involved. It might be a big sum of money that he can make quickly. But now he says, no, no, this is not on. This is not on because Allah Ta'ala is not pleased with this. And my whole purpose in life is to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. If my Rabb is displeased with this, what's, my, what's the benefit in it for me? So now he's restraining himself from that and he's dealing very, very meticulously, making sure that he's not crossing the line, he's not harming anybody, he's not deceiving anyone, he's not defrauding anyone, and he's dealing in a very clean manner. And then his Mu'asharat, his social life, He's dealing with people around him, with people in general, in a good way. He's treating his parents with the respect that is required. He's not crossing the line of adab. He's upholding the ayat of the Quran Sharif. وَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفِّوْ وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا وَقُلْ لَهُمَا قَوْلًا كَرِيمًا Don't even say uff to them. Don't even say uff to them. So is this applicable just to certain occasions only? No, this even applies when they are wrong. Even when they are wrong, don't say oof to them. In a nice way you will talk to them, in a kind way, in kind words you will advise them, but you won't express irritation even in that condition. وَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا Don't rebuke them. وَقُلْ لَهُمَا قَوْلًا كَرِيمًا And say kind words to them, and humble yourself in front of them. وَخْفِدْ لَهُمَا جَنَاحَ الذُّلِّ مِنَ الرَّحْمَةِ Deal with them very kindly. Even when they are wrong. Because when they are wrong also, if that manner of dealing with them is going to be wrong, that will become a worse wrong. Their wrong is wrong. Their wrong won't become right. If they did something which is crossing the line of Sharia, or they did something which constitutes zulm, for example, that zulm is zulm. But if the person reacted in a disrespectful manner, perhaps his disrespect might become a worse wrong than their zulm. 
So they'll be taken to task for their wrong. He'll be get probably taken to task even greater for his wrong. So now he's dealing with his parents in a manner that Allah Ta'ala has commanded in the Quran Sharif that Nabi Sallallahu has detailed in the hadith that how does a person deal with his parents. Jannat lies under the feet of the mother. The father is the middle door of Jannat. Look after the door, break it, destroy it. And various other hadith, so many details. How does a person treat his wife? So now he's dealing with his wife in that manner that the Quran Sharif has commanded. Treat them kindly. Allah Ta'ala says, treat them kindly. Sometimes you dislike something, Allah Ta'ala puts good for you in what you dislike. So now he is being very careful that he deals in a way that he earns the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala in this. Sometimes they'll cross the line. But in how he deals with it, is he pleasing Allah Ta'ala or displeasing Allah Ta'ala? This will happen in dunya. Many people cross the line. But sometimes when others cross the line, we end up crossing the line more than them. So that doesn't give us the license that somebody did some wrong, then we can do a double wrong. Somebody did one wrong, doesn't give us a license to do two wrongs. So now when a person is faced with these situations, now he is taking the care because he wants to be all the time, he wants to be amassing the hasana, the good deeds. So now his mu'amalat, his mu'asharat, he's dealing with people around him, his neighbors, and people in general, he's being kind, considerate, and dealing with everybody with akhlaq. His akhlaq also, he's taking care. Akhlaq, it is amazing that what kind of rewards have been mentioned in the ahadith about akhlaq. The weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds, khuluqin hasan, good character, good akhlaq. A person sometimes, I think, but subhanallah, there's so many great amal and good akhlaq. This gained such a great position that it is the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds. So while the other amal generally, the mujahada is external. person woke up late in the night, there's an internal degree of, degree of internal mujahada as well, but now generally it's external. Now he woke up and then he made wudu and then he stood up, mashallah, alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah, very great. Somebody sat for hours on end and he made tilawat of the Quran Sharif, tremendous, very, very great. Allah Ta'ala rewards this very greatly. Somebody did some other amal of this nature, so generally the mujahada is external. And in good akhlaq, among good akhlaq, one of the highest aspects of good akhlaq is sabr. And sabr, Sabr is entirely an internal amal, an internal mujahada. It's a taking of a lot of bitter gulfs. So because there's such great mujahada within himself, and on top of that he still has to sometimes just carry on like nothing happened. But inside himself, a tremendous mujahada. So because this is such a tremendous mujahada within himself, which exceeds the mujahada that a person makes externally. That external mujahada, initially it's a challenge. One day, two days, one week, two weeks, after three, four weeks he starts getting accustomed to it. After five days, after, uh, five, after five weeks, after one month, two months, three months, then he starts becoming not a mujahada anymore, it starts becoming a pleasure. Now he can't do without it. And sabr, even after 10 years, he has to make sabr on something, the sabr will still taste the same, the same bitter gulf. And that level of mujahada will still be there. As a result, this is that very great reward of good akhlaq, that it is the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds. Now, mashallah, somebody did some other amal, he performed his salah well, he gave his zakat, he was very charitable, he kept some fast, etc. He felt, he feels also, Alhamdulillah, Allah tell us fazal, I did something. Allah's tawfiq. Allahumma lakal hamd. But then if he got the tawfiq of making sabr, he feels I lost out. I made sabr and I lost out. Because if I did make sabr, I might have got something. If I did make sabr, I might have been able to vent things. 
my heart would have been lighter. I made sabar now, the person is gone now, I lost out. I needed to tell him a few things. I needed to give him a piece of my mind. I've already given quite a few pieces away. I have one, two pieces left. I need to give it to this person. So, now he's gone, I lost out on that. But now that summer he made, he forgot, he didn't lose out. He gained even more than that whole night of the Hajjud. The night of the Hajjud is tremendous, very great. But here he gained more than that too. He gained more than the fast of that whole day. He gained more than the tilawat of the Quran Sharif. That too is tremendously great. But this is the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds. So now, mashallah, is amassing these hasanat. And then on the other side, because he wants to gain the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, he's saving himself the sins of the eyes, sins of the ears. Now there's a mujahada involved. This too is now in refraining. as an internal mujahada. And therefore Rasulullah says, this is the greatest ibadat. اِتَّقِلْ مَحَارِمْ تَكُنْ أَعْبَدَ النَّاسِ Especially this time of the year, these kind of situations. This becomes a test. Which ibadat does a person? MashaAllah, the month of Ramadan comes, everybody knows what ibadat you have to do. Now what's the ibadat of this time? Obviously, all ibadat. But one of the main ibadats of these times, where the temptations become very intense. And people are now, because the whole, like a tsunami, Allah knows best at this time of the year, this year what goes on. But generally, this becomes a situation. And this is the tragedy even. This is the tragedy. That even in halat and conditions that we are facing, where there are so many clear signs that have been given to us, Allah Ta'ala's Qudrat is being manifested. Whatever explanations we might give to it, somebody might call it something that this is a conspiracy, and somebody might call it something else, and somebody might say it's man-made, and somebody might say no, it's genuine. Regardless of whatever it is, at the end of the day, Allah Ta'ala made this happen, because it will only happen if it ha- if He gives permission for it. Without the permission of Allah Ta'ala, it cannot happen. And in this Allah Ta'ala is manifesting His Qudrat. The whole world is now parashan, what to do and how to go forward, what to do. All the technology failed. All the big, big claims of superpower and what not, everything failed. But now in all these circumstances and these clear signs, at the most, at the most people sometimes, Allah, mashallah, generally this is what happens, we become concerned about amal, for what? Now somebody is ill, there's some difficulty, there's a loss financially, some other issue. So now we become very concerned about amal for what? To get past the illness. We become concerned about amal to recover the loss, to gain some financial benefit, to gain some material comfort. But to turn to Allah Ta'ala to change our life for the better, a whole change of mindset, that I must now give up masiyat, I must give up all the sayyah, I must give up sin in my life, not for now, not for the sake of life, life will only be around till Allah Ta'ala holds it. And the time for that life to go has been decreed by Allah Ta'ala. It cannot exceed that by one moment. When that moment comes, that life is going to go. So, yes, a person may dua for afiyat, he may dua for Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy, but he can't save life. He will do what he can to protect himself, from harm, from difficulties. But his yaqeen, Allah Ta'ala wills that life is going to go. That's his iman, that's his yaqeen. That he can secure himself as best as he can. He can live at a mountain top alone. Hundreds of miles from everybody. And even on that mountain top, if Allah wills, he can pass away what we call a natural death. If Allah Ta'ala wills on that mountain top, where he never came into contact with anybody, Allah Ta'ala words he can pass away through a virus day also. That's our Iman. We must have no doubts about that. It happens in Allah Ta'ala's Qudrat. Then, whatever insan Allah Ta'ala has made permissible for him to undertake certain means, he'll take the means that are permissible within the limits of Sharia, without compromising deen. He'll take those means to look after himself. 
He won't cross those lines of Sharia. But his Iman, very clear about it. But now this is where the tragedy is. That despite seeing the halat and the conditions, many a times the only thing that we start doing is trying to save our situation. Not trying to change our life. Change our life? For example, a person wasn't very, very conscious about his salah. Sometimes making it, sometimes missing it. He says, this can never happen again. Now I have to change my life. Come what may, whether the situation remains, the situation changes for the better. Everybody is now well and healthy and fine and there's no problem and everybody is very prosperous. I will now increase my salah also. Let alone perform every salah, I'll do even more. Because I need to change my life. I need to become very conscious of my salah. Somebody was involved in some vices, somebody was involved in gambling. This is stopped forever. I need to get back to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has given me a chance. What if my life went there? Somebody got caught up in some wrong, some zina. Allah forbid. He was involved in some other evil vice. That now this has become a turning point in my life. Not a turning point for the moment. Turning point in our lives. This is what's called Toba. Sincere Toba, turning to Allah Ta'ala. So this is then what now makes a person keep moving in the path of Hasana, accumulating righteousness and staying away from sin. On this note of this Hasana and Sayyidah, one hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, one Sahabi Abu Umama Bahili radiallahu ta'ala, he once came and asked Nabi Salaam a question. Mal Iman. Sahaba, the Sahabi of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and who knew Iman better than the Sahaba? We might say that, what kind of question is this? We also know what's Iman. But they know better than us. They knew what they were asking about. They were asking about how to get this reality of Iman in its greatest sense. Mal Iman. What is Iman? So now there are very, very many ways of which something could have been explained to him. On this occasion, Nabi Islam explained to him, in the light of the same discussion that we are having about Hasana and Sayyidah, Nabi Islam said to him, إِذَا سَرَّتْكَ حَسَنَتُكَ وَسَاءَتْكَ سَيِّئَتُكَ فَأَنْتَ مُؤْمِنَ When your good deeds make you happy, not make you proud. Pride, Allah Ta'ala despises pride. Pride becomes a means of a person's destruction. In dunya, in akhirat. Pride becomes a barrier from entering jannat. When people used to go to the mashayikh previously for the islah, their tazkiyah and so on, the first thing that used to be made effort on is to break that pride and to inculcate in place of it tawazul. Pride goes, the tawazul comes, that humility. And great efforts used to made, be made purely on this, breaking that pride. And people used to be put through the paces and be put through various tests. It has this pride broken. Because till that pride doesn't break, then the door is still closed to almost all progress. When that pride breaks and tawazu comes, now the door is wide open for progress to start. So now this person, Abu Umama Bahili radiallahu ta'ala, he asked Nabi Sallallahu what's Iman? Nabi Sallallahu said to him, Ida sarratka hasanatuk. When your good deeds make you happy. Not proud, happy. Happy, Happy upon the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. His heart is brimming with shukr. Allahumma lakal hamdi This is your gift, your bounty. So he's feeling the happiness over the good deed. And wasa'atka sayyatuk. And your sin grieves you. If this is there in your heart, anta mu'min, then you're a mu'min. Now this is a yardstick that Nabi Islam gave. Subhanallah, it's a very, very deep yardstick, very sensitive yardstick. Everything we constantly measuring. Person now, especially in this time now, somebody is diabetic, so now he's got his uh, glucometer with him all the time, all the time testing what is the level, sugar level, somebody is testing the pressure level, and somebody is going for some other test, all the time we're testing. Nabi Islam has given us a test of our heart. A test of our Iman. That you want to know the 
level of Iman. Now just as we sit down sometimes to take the time to take that blood sample and to then put it into that machine and then it costs us money also and then to know what's the level all the time also know the level somebody is now hypertensive so now what's the level of his pressure and somebody has got some other issue so regularly he's doing some blood test and somebody has got some other issue so regularly he's standing on the scale to see now where it's showing so now we're always checking something or the other Nabi Islam is saying to us sit down and ponder about your Iman this is the yardstick think about the day MashaAllah Allah Ta'ala blessed you with tawfiq to do so many good things are you feeling happy over it? or are you feeling burdened that you know if I didn't have to do this now it might have been better I did it but I didn't need to do it it might have been better then there's still a major deficiency there should be a happiness felt over it Alhamdulillah Allah Ta'ala tawfiq this doesn't mean that if a person is feeling difficult about something he must stop doing it this too is something to be understood very clearly that that is still some level that the amal is there but now it needs to be worked on to bring in that happiness in it that Allah Ta'ala's na'mad and a very great na'mad and then the second part that the sin grieved you insan, insan is insan, he can fall somewhere, he can falter he can make a mistake but after the mistake then is he bragging about it? after the mistake He's feeling very happy that he did what he did. If that's the case, that he's feeling like a sense of achievement, that how he did it and how he got away, and how he covered his tracks, and he's feeling mashallah about himself, that is a very dangerous level of iman. Because it's very, very low, very dangerous level. Because Nabi Islam is saying that if that, that sin could have happened by mistake, but it's causing grief then that is a sign of Iman but if that sin is bringing happiness then where is the person? in other words what pleases Allah Ta'ala he is not happy with it and what displeases Allah Ta'ala he is happy with that where is the Iman? now this is the aspect now this yardstick that is being given to us how does a person use this yardstick? person needs to test his pressure there's a procedure he has to take that band and put it on his arm and whatever else the procedure takes some time also whatever amount of time one minute two whatever it takes some time so the procedure about it it requires some effort so now this is a yardstick to be used it's not going to be just happening on his own there's a procedure that procedure is called muhasaba that procedure is called muhasaba sitting and taking an account of oneself MashaAllah, we got time for everything, we got time for WhatsApp, we got time for what not. But to take some time and Mahasabha, how did I conduct myself today? Okay, the past three hours, what did I do? There was one hour in, at home, and one hour somewhere else, and one hour somewhere. How did I conduct myself in these three hours, in these five hours? What I spoke? How I treated the people around me? What kind of enthusiasm I tried to create in the tilawat of the Quran Sharif? in the zikr or tried to take myself in that direction what words I spoke what I heard what I engaged my heart and mind in was I trying to work out how to deceive somebody how to hurt someone or was I trying to think in my mind how to do some good for somebody muhasaba taking one stock, stock of oneself taking an account of oneself and this is that yardstick now he thought about something that was not very good that grief came in his heart and he made istighfar like the person now put that pressure machine and he saw now something is not right he has gone very high now he's taking some medication he's doing something but till he didn't check carry on like nothing happened carry on like it is fine now when he checked now the sugar levels that he got a shock now he started taking some steps till that muhasaba doesn't become part of the day person will carry on He'll carry on missing his salah and think nothing about it, Nauzu Billah. He'll carry on not doing any amal, not doing any hasana, illa mashallah, something here and there, and still think good of himself. He'll keep committing harm and wrong, hurt people, commit sin, misuse his eyes, 
and feel nothing about it. And he'll still be planning the next time around, what I want to do. Well, tonight now is too long now, it's late now, I'll sleep today, tomorrow I'll carry on. He's already planning tomorrow's sun tonight. Whether he'll wake up in the morning or not, he doesn't know. He's going to go to bed with that filth in his heart and mind. Whatever he's absorbed through his eyes, which now is completely contaminated his heart. And now that filth is going to go to sleep with. He doesn't know whether he'll wake up in the morning, if in that condition his ruh is taken, what kind of situation that is going to be. But that too, he is now falling asleep, planning tomorrow night's sun. Now this yardstick, till that muhasaba doesn't take place, that grief won't come. When that muhasaba is made, Nalila, I did this too. And this Allah is displeased with this and I just carried on without any concern and I just, without any care, just carried on, like nothing happened. How can I live my life like this? Muhasaba, taking an account of oneself. Muhasaba, how did I speak to people around me today? How did I speak to my wife? How did I speak to my parents? How did I speak to the younger ones? My children for that matter. What was my conduct? So every time I have an excuse about others, but then what I did? And then this was the occasion of that akhlaq. This was the occasion of gaining those great rewards. Did I take the opportunity? Many a times a person misses out on a deal. It's a very, very sad day. I missed out, you know, if just if I was there, that customer walked in and walked out, by the time I came, he was gone. But now these others didn't know how to serve him. I was there, I would have sold half the shop to him. Now that grief. Oh, that person phoned and he had a parcel. And now that time was the call. When you phoned him back, he said, you phoned two minutes too late. I just sold it off. And what, you, what was it? How much was it? There was so much. Inna lillahi wa inna lillahi If I bought it, before today, I would already sold it and made one million. Forget one million, we'll cry over ten thousand also. We'll feel the grief over one thousand too. Now, just as we feel the grief over the material loss, forget loss, it's not even loss. One is that a person had something and that got lost, that's a loss. This is, he didn't gain a profit. Jalbe manfaat and daf'e mazarrat. Jalbe Manfat is to gain a profit. Now that's what he didn't do. He didn't gain a profit. He didn't lose anything. He didn't have it. If he didn't have it, how he lost it. But he feels grief over what he didn't manage to get. Forget what he lost. But already in hand and lost, that's another matter. But he didn't manage to gain. He feels a sense of loss over that. Now that amal that he could have managed to do, that tilawat he could have done, that tasbihat he could have made at least sat in the masjid another 3-4 minutes, 5 minutes in any case he would have spent 10 minutes talking outside but now he then now make, he makes muhasaba and thinks about it and he thinks about what has he done inna lillah I sat 10 I sat I stood outside talking 10 minutes but if I sat inside the masjid another 5 minutes more well, I came outside and met my friends for 5 minutes too but if I sat 5 minutes more inside and I made some tasbihat and I recited subhanallah alhamdulillah La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, few times, ten times, twenty times. This is such that the rewards mentioned in the hadith, it will fill the space between the heavens and the earth. I lost out on this, out that sense of loss. How I spoke, that was wrong, I shouldn't have done that. That sense of grief over the wrong. When this muhasaba will take place, then it will start creating this feeling. No, I can't carry on like this, I need to change it. I need to start doing more. I need to stop these things. This is not the way to carry on. So this muhasaba, this yastik, Nabi Islam gave us, that yastik has to be used. If a person takes that pressure machine and he keeps it on top of the cupboard, so now on top of the cupboard, depending how heavy it is, the cupboard might feel the pressure of it. But he is never going to know whether his pressure is in order or not. But if he uses it, then he'll know what's going on. And then he finds something is not in order, he'll be able to take steps and it'll it will motivate him, it will move him to take steps to rectify the situation. This is a yastik Nabi Salaam gave us. That yastik is used through the medium of muhasaba. Dedicating some time daily. Dedicating, even if it is three minutes. Now that ten minutes you would have stood outside the masjid and spoken, 
Out of the 10 minutes, give 3 minutes to sit inside the masjid and make muhasaba. After Isha, after Maghrib, some other. 3 minutes. 3 minutes a day to dedicate to the muhasaba. And think of all the various things of the day. Whatever actions we've done, whatever words we've spoken, how our conduct was, what good we did for anybody, and often the thing that, mashallah, we will do good for others far and wide, what good we did for those nearest to us, those closest to us, what happiness we brought to their hearts, how much we tried to make amal on the hadith sharif, that among the greatest ibadat is, idkhalu sururi fi qalbil mu'min, bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min. Did I bring some happiness to my parents' heart today? Did I bring some happiness to my children's hearts today? To my spouse's heart today? To my neighbor's heart? To others, to the musalli in the masjid, by merely smiling at him, making salam with him. That too, you know, brings some happiness to him. MashaAllah, my Muslim brother met me. So, this mindset has to be created. And this manner of now dealing with the various situations around us, but the method to bring ourselves onto that is this muhasaba. So to now fix the time. One is just ad hoc. Okay, inshallah we'll do it. And that inshallah we'll do it without any time stipulated for it, somewhere slotted into the program of the day. Generally then, yes, tomorrow we'll remember that we're supposed to do it yesterday. And then, but then, after having remembered tomorrow that we're supposed to do it yesterday, we'll forget to do it tomorrow. We'll then remember about that the next day. And then we'll carry on like that. So to fix the time, to think about it. That's part of the thinking also. When in the day, and to now then dedicate the self, create some reminders. You know, this has to happen. And inshallah, when this is done with consistency, nothing happens, nothing brings its effect overnight. Person is taking that antibiotic, he must complete the cause. After two days, he's saying, but I can't feel the difference. You know, the difference is happening. But you'll see the difference after you complete the cause. So likewise, there's some minimum number of times the person has done it consistently over so many days, he starts feeling the effects. And he starts feeling this, he's making a change in his thinking. It's bringing in some concern. It's bringing in some effect in his heart when he's doing some good, he's feeling that happiness. And Allah forbid some mistake happen, he's feeling some regret, feeling some remorse. That regret and remorse is a very, very great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. Because that will then become the means of a person getting out of that sin. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala fill our hearts with this consciousness. Allah Ta'ala bless us to become those true mu'mineen who live their lives in this manner that they live this hadith sharif idha sarrat ka hasanatuk wa sa'at ka sayyatuk fa anta mu'min. Allah Ta'ala bless us with every khair and goodness. Protect us, keep us with afiyat. Allah Ta'ala keep us with iman, take us with iman. And raise us on the day of Qiyamah to the Iman. Wa-akhiru da'wana ala alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Make zikr for a few minutes and make dua insha'Allah. reported in the Hadith Sharif, the person recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily. Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine in the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will grant him tawfiq to do righteous actions and save him from sin. And this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. So inshallah daily we should set a time for this as well. That in the cause of the day in our own homes, our own time and place, La ilaha illallah hundred times daily. Inshallah we'll recite a few times now as a kind of practice for ourselves but we should make this a part of our daily program inshallah beside the Rosh La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا 
جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہلو یا ربی صلی وسلم دائما ابدا على حبیبک خیر الخلق کلہم ربنا غلبنا انفسنا ولبنا انفسنا ولبنا انفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هم إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله فقيم أسي الله 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 فقيم أسي الله فقيم أسي الله فقيم أسي الله Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, show your maghfirat on the ummah, ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the ummah, ya Allah. Allah, remove the difficulties and hardships of the ummah, ya Allah. Allah, we acknowledge whatever is happening throughout the world is due to our sins, ya Allah. Yulahul alamin, due to our ill deeds, ya Allah. Yulahul alamin, we have become the means of the musibat of the ummah, ya Allah. Yulahul alamin, forgive us and forgive the entire ummah, ya Allah. Grant us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat, ya Allah. Save us and the entire ummah from such actions that bring down azab, ya Allah. Yulahul alamin, remove all the difficulties and hardships, ya Allah. Remove all the viruses, ya Allah. Remove all the illnesses, ya Allah. And all those are sick of them, shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, ya Allah. Those are sick in hospitals, give them complete shifai and afiat, ya Allah. Bring them home completely recovered, ya Allah. Yulahul alamin, ya Allah. Those in financial difficulties, remove it with afiat, ya Allah. Grant barkat in each one's risk, ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk, ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful earnings, ya Allah. Yulahul alamin, ya Allah. Allah, make us your true and obedient servants, ya Allah. Make us your pious servants, ya Allah. Make us those who are all the time concerned about hasanat, ya Allah. Those whose hasanat make them happy, ya Allah. Those whose sayyat grieve them, ya Allah. Yulahul alamin, ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of muhasaba, ya Allah. Yulahul alamin, Ya Allah, fill our hearts with the spirit of Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from all the vices and sins, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqamat al-deen, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqamat al-deen, Ya Allah. Grant us the beautiful akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Grant us his beautiful mu'amalat and mu'asharat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant us the taste of ibadat, Ya Allah. Grant us the happiness of ibadat, Ya Allah. Grant us the ecstasy of zikr, Ya Allah. Grant us the pleasure of dua, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with Iman, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the noor of Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Save us from all the vices and corruption, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you keep us away from every evil and vice and sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, protect our families, Ya Allah. Protect our progenies till Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you guide us, Ya Allah. Guide us to that which pleases you, Ya Allah. Save us from everything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are desperately in need of your help, Ya Allah. We are desperately in need of your mercy, Ya Allah. Without your mercy and kindness upon us, Ya Allah, we'll be destroyed, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, protect our iman, Ya Allah. Protect our amal, Ya Allah. Protect our masajid, Ya Allah. Protect our madaris and makatib, Ya Allah. Protect the khanqahs, Ya Allah. Protect the effort of da'wat and tabliq, Ya Allah. Protect all the organizations, Ya Allah, that are working for the good of deen and Islam and the Muslims, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, protect all the amal of deen, Ya Allah. Protect all the places, Ya Allah, that are places of deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect the Muslims, Ya Allah. Protect their life, wealth, health, honor, Ya Allah. Protect their iman and amal, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, protect the Harameen, Sharifain, Ya Allah. Protect Masjidul Aqsa, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you cleanse these Mubarak places from all the things that have crept in, Ya Allah. From all the effects of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Bring alive, Ya Allah, the Sunnah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Bring alive the Mubarak Deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Protect all the Mubarak places, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You grant us istiqamat on Deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the things that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam begged for, Ya Allah, we also begging for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who asked us to make dua for them, 
all those have raised their hands to this dua. Allah, you don't know if each one's heart, ya Allah. You know each one's need, ya Allah. You know each one's cry, ya Allah. Fulfill each one's dire needs from the grave, ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, ya Allah. Fulfill each one's good, ya Allah. Allah, remove each one's difficulties and hardships, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant the best of dunya and akhirat to each one, ya Allah. Allah, grant us afiat in our deen, ya Allah. Grant us afiat in our dunya, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, ya Allah. Allah, all the good that we have asked for, bless us with it, ya Allah. What we should have asked for and did not ask, ya Allah, grant it to us, ya Allah. اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله